Uh, also, uh, Joe, can I get your help with this since you, you helped put this together? Can you, can you hand these out? Is that okay? Um, go to Luke chapter 9. And I, I want to say this. Um, there's no way... There's no way for, uh, for, the, for anyone to put on one piece of paper, like, here's all the good music in the world, uh, but for those that are wanting some alternatives and some choices, I am pro-choice, amen, when it comes to music, all right? So, uh, you know, when it comes to just having some alternatives to what you've been listening to, because here's kind of what we're doing. We're going in the Bible and we're talking about the spirit of the age and talking about kind of where things are at and kind of ripping the mask off of some of the things that I think traditionally in, by our culture are seen as um, uh, okay or uh, acceptable and kind of going, okay, well, but what does God say and what is acceptable to God and how do we prove that to the Lord? And the Bible says in Ephesians 5, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord um, and, and so you are, your job as a believer is to prove whatever is going on in your life as being acceptable to the Lord. Uh, not so much a, a, a matter of what is acceptable to me, what do I like, what is my preference, what is my prejudice, what is even my culture, but, but what is biblically right in the sight of God in every area of life. Now, music is just one of those areas, um, but, but the, the idea is this, if you are in a place where you're like, Pastor, I've heard you, I've been listening, and basically what you're saying is a lot of stuff I've been listening to probably isn't great for me to bring into my mind and into my heart, and maybe we should, you know, kind of clean up some of these things in our house, uh, but you're kind of leaving me on the, on the edge without any alternative, so that is to kind of maybe help you. That's not all the, the, the good music out there. There's other kinds and other things you can listen to, but just a little bit of a guide to help you out, and I had Brother Joe help with that. So listen, if you appreciate the, the music there, it was my idea. If you don't like it, it was Joe's idea. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter 9, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for just a moment. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. And look, if you would, at verse number 51, we're, we're talking about um, being led by the Spirit of God and what the results of that will be as it relates to a number of things in our life, uh, but especially as it relates to music. Uh, but you need to understand this. Uh, just because you're saved, listen to me very Note this in your mind if you don't write it down. You can be a follower of Jesus Christ and be led by another spirit. You need to get a hold of that. I'm going to prove it to you right now. Uh, look at Luke chapter number 9. Look at verse number 51. And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him. Shocker. Not everyone's going to love Jesus. Amen. Not everyone's going to like him. Not everybody wants him around. Uh, but I want you to notice as a result of this, um, look at how James and John respond in verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this. Now, just stop real quick before we go on. James and John are by virtue, a context in the verse. What is their title? What is their office? They are what? Disciples. All right, so that means they're following the Lord. Is that fair? All right, so, so James and John are, a matter of fact, matter of fact if you look at the, the sequence in the Bible, it goes from a multitude of people that are following him to him commissioning 70 men to go out. Remember this? And then he dwindles that down to 12 that go out. And then within that 12, he's got three that are his inner circle. Peter and who are the last two? James and John. So you're looking at two of the three of that inner circle. Uh, look what it says here about them. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, what did they see? That one of the cities wasn't wanting Jesus to come there. They said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? I'm not going to lie. There have been moments where like, Lord, would you like me to call down fire on somebody? Uh, but, but, but notice the response from the Lord. But he turned and rebuked them. He rebuked them. And look what he says, and said, ye know not what manner of spirit you're of. You know what that shows me? They were at that moment in time, anyways, they were not led by the Spirit of God to make that decision. When they were confronted with something in their life, they did not know 
how to respond according to the Spirit of God. And what I want to uh, submit to you tonight is this. You can be saved, but you can be affected and be led by the wrong spirit. So it is important that you have discernment in regards to what spirit you're following in any area of your life, and especially in the subject matter that we're going to talk about tonight. Brother Joe, if you'd ask God's blessing on the word. Yes. Amen. Amen. Be seated if you would. Let let me again just say it one more time. You might remember Ananias and Sapphira in the early church uh, over there in Acts chapter 5. Matter of fact, I want you to go there real quickly. Acts chapter 5. I've heard people say this. uh, If you're saved, uh, then you cannot be led by the unclean spirit. You can't be led by the wrong spirit. Uh, you can't be, you know, demon possessed or whatever else. I've had people say, well, you can be oppressed, but not possessed or whatever else. I think a lot of that stuff is semantics. I think a lot of that's wordplay. Uh, here's what I can tell you from the Bible question tonight. Is the Bible your final authority? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to find out. Look at Acts chapter number five, Acts chapter number five. Uh, it's like when you ask a group of dudes, is the Bible your final authority? Amen. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And- yeah, but you don't know who I'm married to. Yeah, well, what does the Bible say, right? Uh, Acts chapter 5, and, and look, if you would, at verse number 1. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira's wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, ladies, let me just say this much. Uh, according to the Scriptures, you are to follow your husband until he breaks the Scripture. Until he quits following the Lord, that's when you got a, a tough decision, a very challenging one to make, one that I don't envy you to have to make. I'm not in your shoes. I, I'm not t- uh, saying this lightly, but understand the principle of authority in the Bible is this. As long as the authority that God has placed in my life is not asking me to do something against Scripture, I am to follow that authority. But you know, I, I think in verse 2, there's a reason why he says that his wife was privy to it. It was almost like she knew what was going on, and she didn't do anything to stop it. She didn't, let me just say this much, ladies, and I'm, I'm trying to be gentle with you, all right? Don't, don't start getting the fangs out and the nails out and all that. Just listen for a moment, all right? Uh, you have great influence over your husbands, great influence, and there are things that you don't like, and you let them know. And so when it comes to spiritual things and spiritual principles, every once in a while going, hey, honey, I'm not sure that that's in, you can do it respectfully. But, you know, I think I think uh, uh, it was it was her responsibility to say, hey, uh, Ananias, I love you and I'll follow you to the ends of the earth, but I can't get along with this. I don't want to lie to God. And she didn't do that. So here's what it says. Uh, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath who? Satan, fill thine heart to lie to who? The Holy Ghost. So here you have a saved person, a born-again person in the church, and that born-again person allows Satan to fill their heart, and they lie against the Spirit of God. Peter never says, I knew you guys weren't really saved. Peter never says that. Peter never insinuates that they were lost. He treats them like brethren, just like Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. You can be saved and be led by the wrong spirit. I need you to get a hold of it. Pastor, you've already said that. There's a reason why I'm kind of hammering that thought away tonight, because what happens is this. We looked last week at how the culture has, has shaped our, our mindset on things out in the world. And music is a reflection of the culture. Let me ask you this question. What happens when the church opens the door wide open to the world and the spirit of the world is now in the church? Don't you think that's going to affect the church as well? So you know what I think we've watched in our lifetime? I mean, I, I literally believe from the time I was even a kid, uh, back in the 90s at Gideon Baptist Church in Fountain, Colorado, from then to now, the church has changed absolutely hands down. 
And part of what's changed is what we find as acceptable. Understand in the 80s, I'm not talking that long ago. I know for some of you guys are like, man, they had phones that you went like this and they go back and how do I even use that? Do I turn it all the way? Do I, what do I do? You, you, I bet you if I gave you one of those rotary phones, you guys would be poking at it, not knowing what. Siri, how do I turn this? <laughs> it isn't going to respond to you. You got to turn the thing, right? But it wasn't that long ago, just 40 years ago, and there were things, listen to me, there were things that the world would say, those are not right, and now the church is going, no big deal. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens, a little bit at a time. And as the culture has shifted, the church has gone along with it. And we're not, you have to be aware that the changes that have happened in the church are because the spirit of the world, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the spirit of the world is something that God says you should not have as a part of your life. And yet it's leading a lot of the church. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. First Corinthians, no one's saying anything about, look, uh, you know, when you bring these things up, I'm going to get real real tonight. And there'll be some things that might be a little uncomfortable, especially as we talk about uh, uh, things that are viewed as Christian music these days. And there'll be some things that maybe you look at and you go, well, I don't see why that's a problem. I'm, I'm hoping to show you that there are things that have infiltrated the church and it's manifested through the music. It, it's the, the music. Cha- let, let me ask you this, guys. Why do you suppose that there are some Christian songs that are crossover songs that they will play on secular radio stations and no one has any idea that they're about God and they make it to the top of the billboards? I guarantee you, if I put a song, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That would make it one minute on 107.1. Do you understand? Uh, all right. Uh, look, uh, where did I tell you to go? There you go. I was there already. First Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, look, if you would, at verse number uh 10 but god hath revealed them on us by his what notice god has a spirit but there are other spirits in the world as well i've got some listed out there for you uh look what it says in verse 11 Uh, for what man knoweth the things of a man say the spirit of man which is in him even so the things of god knoweth no man but the spirit of god now i want you to look at verse 11 and i want you to underline where it says the spirit of a man because when you got saved god did not take your spirit away your spirit all right, has been given new life, it has been born again. However, you need to understand your spirit can be affected by the spirits that you allow into your life. Do you know why it's so important, parents, that you don't just give your kids a phone unlimited without any idea of what's going on in their life? Because that's spiritual interaction going on. All right, now I know if I was a teenager and I was in 2022, I wouldn't want a preacher getting up going, you parents should be looking at what your kids are doing on their phones. I would be a little uncomfortable with that. But you know what, I'm telling you, it's for your good, honestly. And if you don't like it, I promise you this much, I'm not saying anything in Scripture, so ask yourself, why does that bother you? Why would it bother you for someone to look at your phone? Unless you're hiding something. Do you understand? Now, you say, what is it? There's spiritual interaction going on there. And you have to be aware of that. Look at verse number 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, not the spirit of the world, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Uh, look at First John chapter 4. Just a little bit of, this is Wednesday night Bible what? Study, Study all right? Look at First John chapter 4. So we, we see the spirit of the world, it, it's active, it's, it's out there, and it's trying to infiltrate. You know what the Bible says? He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Uh, listen, you know, the illustration of someone that's out of control is they've got no defensive. They've got no checks and balances on what's coming in. They've got no, no standard at all of what is allowed in and what is allowed out. Listen, you should put a governor on this. You should not say everything you think. Amen, amen, amen. All right? There's some things you think that probably shouldn't have ever thought, and to let them escape will just show how foolish you are. Don't do it. And the same way goes in the other direction. The stuff coming in eventually goes out. All right, look at 1 John chapter 4. Look at verse 1. Beloved, believe not every what? Just because something is emotional and just because something makes you feel good and just because something kind of makes you, you know, doesn't mean that it's the right spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can get emotional. Look, look I'm trying to be as gentle as I can 
But I'm telling you right now, I, I've been around some of this stuff before. I've asked policemen, and I don't know about if you ever had to do this, but I've asked policemen that have had to go to concerts and be outside of concerts. You know what they've said? I'm not making this up. I've had policemen tell me it's worse outside of Christian rock concerts than it is the secular ones. Why? Why? We're supposed to have revival with, with that? You're not having revival. Guys, the world's not experiencing revival. Here's what happened in the church. We thought that if we changed and became like them, they would like us more. This is not a popularity contest. Jesus did not come to be popular. <laughs> All right? That's not what this is about. Look at 1 John chapter 4. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out in the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of what? You know what the Antichrist is going to do? He's going to take over the entire world. How do you do that? You get the whole entire world together. Unite the world together because if you get all the suckers in one place, it's easier to kill them all. That's what the Antichrist is all about. And so when you kind of see the spirit of the age, get together, get together, get together, get together, unite, unite, unite. Listen, there's nothing wrong with unity. In John 17, you know what Jesus says? I pray that my disciples would be one. But you know what the qualifier for them being united was? It was being sanctified through the word of truth, the word of God. The unity that we have tonight is not because we, you know, we like everything about each other. Come on, we don't. Let's be honest. We don't like everything about each other. That's, if, we, if you get to know people, what you'll learn is that they're weird. Amen. Right. But, but you can love them, and you, I was talking to Brother Joe about this last night. The body of Christ, God has constructed it in such a way where he puts people that are type A on one side and people that are like, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. You know why? Because if you made everyone type A in the church, you'd all kill each other. All right? God puts different personalities, but the thing that unites us is not our feelings, it's not our emotions, it's the word of God. And when the Spirit moves, the way that the Spirit moves is He moves according to the words of God, not just your emotions. Emotions are not bad. Listen to me, that God gave them to you for His pleasure. Our emotions, listen, when you are listening to a message and you get emotional about what God is telling you and you shed a tear, that's a good thing. When you get excited, raise your hand and say amen. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand that the emotion itself does not make something true. What determines what is truth is God's word. Well, I just like them. They're a nice person. I mean, pastor, why are you saying this about this Christian artist? I mean, I, mean, I think they're good people. Look, we're going to examine some of that stuff tonight, but that is not the point. The point is, the question is this. Is it acceptable according to the word of God or not? Or are we allowing the world to influence what we think is acceptable? Listen, if you change Jesus... If you change the gospel and you water it down and you make the gospel, hey, look, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And if you believe that, raise your hand and pray with me. Well, that, yeah, but is that, is that going to save your soul? You know what you need to hear? Christ died for our sins. You're a sinner. Well, already we're off on a wrong foot according to the world's standards. Who do you to tell me I'm a sinner? I'm not that bad. The gospel, the Bible says the gospel is called the offense of the gospel. In other words, it's going to be offensive. You're trying to take something that the world is never going to like, and you're trying to polish it in such a way where they go, okay, I'll take it. You can't do that. You understand that? Now, listen to me. I'm not saying that you can't be gracious. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be gracious. I'm not saying that you should stand on a street corner and go, you're going to fry like bacon when you get there. I don't think that's how you ought to approach that. I think you ought to tell them about the love of God, how God loved them not to die for them because they were a sinner and they were separated from God. They were aliens from the commonwealth of the promises of God. I believe that you should be able to do that with grace, but it doesn't mean that you change the message or water it down. Once you start doing that, you create a different spirit. You bring in a different atmosphere. And it's no longer about holiness, and it's no longer about being right with God. It's about just making sure everybody feels good. Yeah. And, and let me tell you something. There is nothing like pouring your heart out, heart out to God and getting things right with God. And then after that, you pour your heart to Boy, I do feel good with that. That's the right response. But feelings themselves don't determine what is truth. Now, uh, brother, if you go to the next slide. Um, is that the next one? Let's see here. Are we... 
we might be a little bit. No, that's all right. That's all right. There we go. All right. So, so are you a Bible believer? You believe every word in the Bible? All right. So you know you say, don't change one word in the book. Is that fair? All right. Now, if someone goes, okay, but like the music that I like, let's just say that it's a little bit not so church music and it's a little bit more like the world's music. You know what I hear a lot of people say on that side? They'll say, well, you know, it doesn't matter if you change a word here and a word there. It's just the these and the thous. That's the modern argument. And I'm not castigating or judging someone. I think most people, that's what they think. They don't know, they don't understand it. I'm not throwing stones, but I do want to challenge your thinking for a moment. Go to the next slide, brother. Because on one hand, they'll say it's just the these and the thous. And then when you examine the music as a Bible-believing Christian and go, hey, man, the rhythm is carrying that music. It's more about how you feel and how you're moving and grooving than it is about anything else. It's not about the melody. It's not about the harmony. It's not about anything spiritual going on. It's not bringing you closer to God. It's not getting sin out of your life. It's not reminding you of the rapture. You just kind of like the music. You know what they'll say? But the words are so good. You can't have it both ways. Isn't it interesting that on one hand, these words don't matter, but those words do? Are you seeing the hypocrisy? All right. I, I, I'm just trying to get you to think a little bit. All right. Uh, and, and let me what I'm going to do for just a little bit is trying to show you. All right. Rather than me, uh, uh, you know, saying, hey, this is what these people believe and all this kind of stuff. I want to show you that the entertainment industry in the Christian world is really not all that different from the entertainment industry in the secular world because it's an entertainment industry. It's not ministry. You know how you make sure ministry stays ministry? It's part of a local church. That's God's plan. Once it's no longer part of a local church, man, Katie bar the door, anything goes. Do you believe the Bible or not? We asked this at the beginning of the church service. You're like, yeah, amen. And now you're like, I don't Listen, if it's a real biblical ministry, it's attached to a Bible-believing church. Once you get into the realm of entertainment, boy, you're going in a different direction. We are not here. I'm not here to entertain you. That's why when I'm done preaching, I don't want you to clap for me. I'm not, I don't want you to be like sealed, er, er, er. like that's not the response. You gotta, it ought to be amen. That's right. Biblically, that is sound doctrine. All right. And, and so, so if this is an entertainment, why do we feel that we have to get into entertainment to have Christian music? All right. Now, I know for some of you that that's that maybe that was the only thing you ever thought was Christian music. I'm trying to show you that there's uh, alternatives. But but let me let's go, brother. If we go to the next slide, please. Uh, let me let me give you this. I'm just gonna give you some quotes from these people. The only, this is a, 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 a leader of a group called Audio Adrenaline, was a Christian rock band, and they crossed over. The only difference between rock and Christian rock is the lyrics, and then the difference is sometimes subtle. Listen to this. At the basic root, there's no difference. I didn't say that. He said it. Christianity, now watch this. Check this with your Bible. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Christianity is about rebellion. Book, chapter, and verse on that one, buddy. Last I checked, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as idolatry. Jesus Christ is the biggest rebel to ever walk the face of the earth. You know what the Bible says in Hebrews? As a son, he learned obedience. He did not come to rebel. Listen, if he was a rebel, he would have overthrown the Roman government. He didn't do that. He submitted himself to the powers that be as our example. He's not a rebel. If you want to make the case that he was an outcast and he was different and was not accepted, I would accept that. That's fine. But to say that he's a rebel, that's a different spirit leading someone to say that. It's not the Holy Spirit, and I can tell you that much. He was crucified for his rebellion. No, he wasn't. He was crucified for your rebellion, not for his own. There's, there's almost, this is like borderline blasphemy. And you know what most Christians will say? When a preacher gets up and says, thus saith the Lord, that music isn't right. How dare you? Who do you are to judge? And then they hear someone yap their mouth like that. And they go, I don't get it. What's the problem? There's a lot wrong with that when you line it up with the word of God. All right. And uh, this is what he said to me. Rock and the church go hand in hand. Well, not to me and not to Jesus. They don't. Let me give you another one, brother. If you go to the next one. All right, here's something. The topics that we deal with are, this is another uh, Christian group, Jars of Clay. It's a little bit older, but, but still fitting. Listen, let me tell you something. I, I literally thought, should I get newer clothes? And I said, forget about it. It's just gotten worse in the last 20 years. Why would I go fishing for more garbage? Right? Now, this is what the guy says. That, and I, some of you are probably thinking, you're being a little harsh here. I don't think you understand how the Lord looks at this if you think that. When someone says about his son, he's the biggest rebel ever walked the face of the earth, he does not take that lightly. 
The topics we deal with are universal in many ways. And we're not only singing to Christians, so why would I want to write a song that uses all the language that only Christians would understand? That would be shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, you mean financially. An artist spends most of it. Listen, listen. You, you may think, well, I can't sing a song at church. I would never ask Brother Joe if I can sing a special because I'm not an artist. Welcome to the club. None of us here are artists, okay? None of us are trying to get on American Idol or, you know, America's Got Talent or whatever else. You know what you're here to do? To minister to others, not to entertain. Do I appreciate if someone can hold a tune in a bucket? Praise God if you can do that. That's a great blessing when someone has the right spirit and, huh, praise God, they can actually hold a tune. Praise God, that's awesome. But someone getting up and having the most operatic voice and the greatest voice and the most wonderful talent, listen, if God's not in it, it doesn't matter. We're not here to entertain. Listen to what he says. Hours, our, uh, an artist spends most of life in a prison tainted by his experience. Ours is tainted by our experience of being in church and being Christian. How's that being tainted? Hopefully, people who hear us are going to go, wow, that was a good song. Is that the goal? Is that the goal? Now listen, I'm not, trying, I'm not saying you can't hear a modern song that's good. Please don't, don't, don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. But you better use some discernment. And you better understand that by and large, generally speaking, when you turn on Caleb and, every, and all the other stuff, what you're going to hear from mo- the most part is people who are coming from a background that are trying to make it in the world as an artist. They're not there to minister. Those are two different things. This is what he said. Th- this group names Jimi Hendrix and the Beatles as their inspiration. Christian band. All right, here's another one. A guy named Martin Smith from Delirious. What's great about the older hymns is that they're very theologically sound. Amen. Thank you. They take deep theological topics that are central to the whole basis of truth. But here's where it gets weird. Probably at that time, that was great because people needed to sing truth. <laughs> we don't need truth anymore, folks. We're better than that now. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Go to Ephesians 5. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Brother, go to slide 46, skip the 43 through 45. Ephesians, is this starting to make a little bit of sense, what I, what I mentioned at the beginning? Now, if you walk in and go, Pastor said that no modern songs are good. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. What I said is you better use some discernment. And you better know that the majority of what's out there is not always going to be led by the right spirit. And you've got to try the spirits. And part of it, yes, is listening to the words. The other part is everything we've already looked at so far. Is the rhythm the most predominant part of the song? If it is, you've got to go, well, maybe this isn't right. Because if the rhythm is carrying the song, look at Ephesians chapter 5. Notice that we talked about body, soul, and spirit. And uh, listen, the body, the flesh, is what you're trying to submit to God. Is that not true? All right, if that's true, then what happens when you're, all you're doing is feeding it? If you're feeding your flesh, I don't mean with food, I mean like from a, an emotional, spiritual standpoint, if all you're doing is feeding the old nature, giving your old nature and your old man, as the Bible calls it, everything that it wants, all right, whether it's the, the show on TV, whether it's the, the stuff you shouldn't be looking at online, whether it's music that, that's from the old life, if all you're doing is feeding your old flesh, your old man, the stuff that's going to make it happy, understand this, it will never be submitted to the Spirit of God. You, you can't feed your flesh and say, I want victory over sin. It doesn't work that way. Why do you suppose that a lot of folks who get in the entertainment industry, secular and Christian, end up sleeping around and living promiscuous lives? Because there's something about that scene and about the music itself that is not connected to the Spirit of God. And when it becomes about entertainment and it's no longer about ministry, it's no longer about sacrifice, it's no longer, listen guys, our spiritual forefathers were burnt at the stake for having a Bible. They would roll over in their graves if they saw what we call worship today. Now, let me, I'm not, I don't want to get in the subject of worship because I might get a little bit too far ahead of myself. I'm going to address that later specifically. But let me say this. If you think worship means you, you, you look like a dead, you know, uh, a dry, pruny Baptist that's constipated because you're not happy, you're not walking, that's also dead worship as well. 
All right? Now listen, I'm going to tell you right now, do you know why I want you guys to sing out? You know why I think there's something about lively congregational music that's good? People will come to the church and go, man, this is real. Where's the fog machine? Where's the lights? You don't need any of that stuff. You guys are singing out loud. That's how it was intended to be. Guys, do you understand that the, the way that, that uh, some of you came from a different religion and a background where there's one guy that knows everything and then there's the peons, right? There's, there's the, 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 uh, the ruling class and then there's everybody else, all right? It, it's kind of like communism in a, in a religious setting. There's, there's the people in charge and then there's everyone else. Listen, that is, that, you know what that is? That's dark ages, that's one guy that has access to the Bible and everybody else has to believe that one guy. That's not where you ought to be as a Bible-believing Christian. All right? And when it comes to worship, and I am getting ahead of myself a little bit, it shouldn't just be this select few people who know everything and they have the great voices and they're, they're perfect and you guys out there just shut up and lip sync the words. You ought to be involved in that. All right? Now, now, what am I getting at? Well, when you water down the message, you can change the, the Christ that you're talking about and the gospel. Uh, look at Ephesians chapter 5, and let me show you something. When you are filled with the Spirit, this is a natural response. Look at verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We, we went through this before. It's not that rhythm is bad. You need rhythm. Rhythm is what keeps you on time. Sometimes you may see me up here going like this. You're like, why is he waving his arms around? There's an actual purpose for that. There's a downbeat that goes, okay, now we're in unity. There's nothing wrong with rhythm. But when rhythm is the most predominant part of the music, we looked at this, saw examples of this, you're in trouble. All right? Uh, now, now, let me just, if I could, let me give you an example. All right? Uh, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. If this is something that you like, I, I'm not try- but I'm trying to show you this is not the same as what can wash away my sins, nothing but the blood. Isn't there some such clarity in what we sing? All right, you, you don't have to wonder, like, what does that mean? What is that? All, what's, the illustri- what's the analogy? I don't really, I just, maybe if I just understand, if I just, isn't it funny that modern Christianity has provided us Bibles that are supposed to make it easier to understand? And you go to a lot of those churches, and all you get is a bunch of uh, people talking about Greek and original Greek and the original languages, and you come to a Bible-leaving church, with a book that apparently no one's supposed to be able to read, and people get saved, and you understand exactly what's going on. And, and the music correlates with that. All right, brother, if you would. I can do it. All right. So let me ask you a question. And I'm not trying to be funny. If you actually read the lyrics, if you got to start somewhere, why not here? If you got to start somewhere, why not now? If we got to start somewhere, I say here. If we got, it sounds like Dr. Seuss. If we got to start sometime, I say now. Through the fog, there is hope in the distance. From cathedrals to thorough missions, love will follow the earth like a crashing wave. What did you get out of that? What does that mean? And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I think some of you think I'm trying to be, I'm not. I'm trying to get you to think, what does that mean? All right, so, so let's do this. Oh, worship the king, all glorious above, and gratefully sing his power and his love, our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. You know exactly what that's saying. Those are, two different, those are two different spirits ministering there. It's not at all the same. It's different. Um, you say, well, what happened to Christianity? Why did we change? Well, uh, back at the turn of the 19th century, there's this thing called neo-orthodoxy. So what does that mean? Uh, Brother, if you go to the next slide. What it means is this. Neo means new. Orthodoxy means the same. <laughs> so it's kind of an oxymoron. It's kind of like grape nuts. They're not grapes and they're not nuts. Right? And, and so that's, that was what kicked everything off and, and gave us the revised version and gave us the floodgates opened up. Because here's the idea. To me, guys, I want to be very clear. The, the, the issue with the King James Bible is not King James Bible, King James. It's not about that. It's about is there such a thing as a perfect Bible? Is there such a thing where you can find God's words for you today that you can trust? 
And the thing is, when, when something completely opposes and takes the blood of Jesus Christ out and takes the virgin birth out and takes all those things out, and you compare them, you go, well, it can't be the same spirit leading both these things. And you've got to learn to do that. You have to learn to understand, where did all this change? Where did all this come from? Guys, there was a time when uh, Christians understood in Western civilization, we're not here to be entertained. We're here to serve. We're here to be part of an, uh, of an army for Jesus Christ. We're not here to have fun. It's <laughs> a hard one, right? Um, like, I'm entertained at every other point in my life. Like, I don't even have to make eye contact in the elevator. I can look down and do Candy Crush, and I don't have to... I can, I can kind of, you know, suck myself into a different world and constantly be engaged in entertainment. Can I, can I, I'm not against going to an amusement park, but can I just get you to think a little bit? The word amusement, do you know what muse means? It means to think. Well, okay, so what is a theist? Someone that believes in God. You know what an atheist is? Someone that does not believe in God. Muse, think. Ah, muse, no thinking. <laughs> All right? So, so, so you need to understand that when Christianity changed, it came as a result of going, there is no authority, I'll choose what I want. Basically what it is is humanism. Brother, go to the next slide. Post, I'm not trying to try and give you a, a full church history class, but postmodernism basically says this. There are no universal religious truths. Rather, reality is shaped by social, historical, and cultural context according to the individual. Play. You know what the, all that means? You get to make truth whatever you want it to be. We are now, according to, to theologians, in the postmodern Christian era. You know what that means? We're in trouble. When you try to play God, that's bad. All right? You know why some of you would say, you know, we shouldn't do abortion and all that because you're trying to play God and you shouldn't do that. How about you apply that principle to every part of your life? And go, you know what, if I'm playing God and I'm calling the shots instead of going, God, what do you want? And Lord, what is the right spirit? And Lord, is that something that's feeding my flesh? Or is that something that's ministering to my spirit according to the word of God? Lord, what is it doing to me? And if I could take that same beat and that same rhythm and that same da-da-da-da-da, and I could take that and I could put Tupac to it, or I could put Snoop Dogg, or sorry, I'm old, guys, you got to forgive me, all right? Or you could put whatever to it, and then you flip over here and go, yeah, but these are Christian lyrics. It's no different. It's the same spirit. And then on top of that, again, I'm just trying to point out the reality. On top of that, the words really, in a lot of these cases, they're not really clear. I'm going to show you something in just a little bit, but uh, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 if you would. Brother, go to the next slide. Neo-Orthodoxy, post-modernism, new Bibles, and kind of what I'm talking about, all right? made it more about, hey, look, it's no longer about the exact words as long as the principle or the idea is there. Once you start messing with that, man, you're going to dangerous territory. Because here's what you do once you do that. Well, what I think God meant there was this. You know what the Bible says? The scriptures are not of any private interpretation. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the what? Holy Ghost. Ghost. All right, so it's not up to you to decide what God said. God t- If I say, Bella, clean your room. <laughs> All right, that, that, there's no need for interpretation. It means clean your room. I wonder what dad meant. I wonder if that's like, like clean up my act or I wonder if that means like, you know, in 20 years. No, clean your room now. All right, it's very clear what I said. You can interpret it another way. It doesn't mean it isn't what I, it doesn't mean there wasn't an absolute way that I wanted you to take that and it was there in plain English. All right, when you start messing with this, you become God. No final authority equals humanism. Where does that end for the church? Well, we talked about it last week. Every single age ends in apostasy, right? All right, so what does that mean? What, what does that mean? Well, if every age ends in apostasy, and here we are in the last days, all right, and I love when the kids in the nursery get behind there, the last days of hi. <laughs> I got to get an office. Pray that in our new building, I get an office with a lock on the door. No one's allowed in, all right? Uh, but, but basically, here's, here's where you're headed, okay? And right before the, the, the rapture of the church, you know what the Bible describes? It, it describes a falling away. Look at Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Oh, look at that. Look at this. This is satanic, people. Cats are of the devil, all right? Some kid did this. God bless him. Um, 
Second Thessalonians chapter two. I say some kid. I hope it wasn't one of you guys back there. Uh, Second Thessalonians chapter two. Pastor, you said we couldn't tax stuff anymore. Can I at least use your board? No. Second Thessalonians chapter two. Look, if you would, at verse uh, number three. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day. What's the day? Look at back at verse two. The day of Christ. That's the rapture. That day shall not come. Verse three. Except there come a what? You're living through it. And if you're living through it, you've got to step back every once in a while and go, it doesn't mean everything's bad, but I better kind of just be careful that I don't just swallow everything that's coming through Christian radio as gospel truth. And that I just go, well, it's on the Christian radio station, so it's cool. Well, we'll check it for a minute. Think about this. How different is it really? Take the words out. How different really? You know, I know it's not that different because some of you, and I'm just going to be honest tonight, some of you struggle with what you listen to. And for five minutes, you'll listen to Christian. And for 30, you'll listen to secular. You know why? Because it's, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say something that's probably going to offend some people. Some Christian modern music, not all, some modern Christian music is kind of like weed. It's the gateway drug. It's like, well, it's safe. It's not as bad as this, and it's not as bad as this, and it's not as bad as this, so I can, I can listen to it. Yeah, but what, tell me in six months if you're still just listening to Christian music. Because yeah, right, right. there, there's something similar about the music there that you're going to flip over to. You, you know how I'm going to prove it to you in just a moment. All right? Uh, I know that for some people, they really like. Brother, if you skip down to ver, uh, slide 51. Um, if you like Lauren Daigle, look, I'm not trying to pick on you. I, I don't know all their songs. They, some of them could be good. I'm not saying they're all bad. I don't know. Here's what I can tell you. I can tell you that uh, she had a profession of salvation when she was younger. I can tell you she went on a mission trip uh, for a year, took a, a year off to go to Brazil. So it seems like a decent person. Um, but I'll tell you what, when you get into that swampy entertainment industry, it gets weird real fast. Now, brother, if you go ahead and play that real quick. Song. Yeah, we'll get to the other thing in a little bit. Now, mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. If I walked into the before I lift my kids, why is it okay for me to sing that way? Think about it. If I said, hey, brother, how are you? Matter of fact, you know what they did with that song? It crossed over. I was literally going, I listened to 104.3 ESPN on FM, whatever, and I was trying to get to, to that, and I was skipping through this other stuff, and I go, wait a minute, this isn't a Christian radio station. They're playing Lauren Daigle. That's weird. Why would they do that? I can tell you this. They wouldn't play What Can Wash Away My Sins, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. You go, oh, well, it was just, it's, it's, it's Christianity. It's spreading into, modern, into secular music. You're kidding yourself, man. You're, you're on crack if you believe that. There's no way. That is not what's going on. People are listening to that going, that's a good song. With no idea that, that even the author has any insinuation of God at all. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they intended that to be about the Lord. A lost person wouldn't know that listening to that song. Do you understand the problem? And oh, by the way, if I say, hey, how are you? Right? Brother, how are you doing? Right? How are you? <laughs> how you say something changes everything about it. All right, now listen, women have spidey senses about these things, and sometimes guys are kind of oblivious to it. Sometimes a woman will flirt with you right in front of your wife, and you won't catch it, guys. And she will have daggers. Your <laughs> wife will be like, Psst. 
And she'll go, did you see what she's doing? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> now, how you say something changes everything. So, so whenever that breathy kind of, uh, uh, you haven't even thought about it, though, have you, some of you? Well, they're Christian words. Yeah, but, man, there's something kind of, if I talked to you that way, you'd be weirded out. I guarantee you, if I got up and sang that way on Sunday, you'd be like, what happened to pastor? (laughs) But, bear with me, there are churches where that's the norm. Now, I'm not judging, I'm not throwing, see, you got, if anyone's not listening to me the right way, I want you to know, I believe most people that go to church and sing those songs are trying to worship the Lord. I'm not throwing stones, I'm not. But you ought to, at some point, grow up spiritually and, and be able to chew on some meat and go, maybe I need to be more careful with this. Yeah. Now, now, brother, go to the next slide. Before you play anything, I do want you to know I did a little bit of research. I didn't want to be the typical Baptist that just like read something off some website and didn't know any better. <laughs> so I, I actually went to her website and I looked for the words God, Jesus, <laughs> couldn't find him, Lord, salvation, that's a Christian artist singing supposedly Christian music. Why? Why can't I find anything about the Lord? Now, I want to be real clear with you. If someone came to, if, if Jose came in and said, Pastor, is gossip a sin? I'd go, yes. Gossip is a sin. All right? If someone came up to me and said, is uh, adultery a sin? I'd be like, yeah, that's a sin. Yes. If someone said, Pastor, is lying a sin? Even if I was trying to make someone feel good, yeah, it's still a sin. I wouldn't be like, well, I don't know. You know, we all have to find our own path. Maybe you should read the Bible for yourself to find out. Well, since we're talking about Ellen, do you feel that homosexuality is a sin? You know, I I can't honestly answer on that in the sense of I've too many people that I love that they are homosexual. Um, I don't know. Okay, so can I love a soul and love a sinner? And, and still, still look, look, I love, I love Joe. Joe. And, but if Joe was like, hey, Pastor Adrian. <laughs> I probably should have started with I love Joe after the context of that. But if Joe said, Pastor Adrian, I think you're the greatest six foot five white guy I know. I'd be like, why are you lying to me? <laughs> I, I, would, I would say you're, you're lying. I wouldn't, there'd be no, there wouldn't be a hard like, I don't know. Am I really six foot five? Am I white? Am I? I'd be like, dude, that's not true. So I'm not picking, it's not, to me, this isn't even about homosexuality. It really isn't. It's about the ability to go, this is right and this is wrong. I don't care if it's straight, you know, uh, uh, lustful sin. If it's wrong, it's wrong. All right? I know I've said it a billion times before, but I'll say it again. If I hang a banner out there by the side of the road and say, all you guys are stepping out in your wives, you're welcome to join us Sunday. Oh, I get a lot of threats in the mail from women in the community. But if I put a rainbow banner out there and said, do whatever you want, come on in, we love you, Look, I love anyone. I, I kind of feel like that's the point of a church is the gospel's the great equalizer. I don't have to put out 50 banners to make you feel good about whatever your thing is to get you to come to my church. It, it either Listen, it, once you get to a place where you can no longer discern what's right and wrong, you're following the wrong spirit. Uh, before you finish, I go to Hosea chapter 4. I'm trying to go the extra mile to point out to you that I'm not just picking um, I'm not trying to be shallow about my arguments. I'm not trying to simply say, I don't like it, therefore it's bad. I'm trying to show you there's a different spirit behind what goes on in that music industry. Um, look at Hosea chapter number four. Hosea, t- he said, well, pastor, what, what can I listen to then? Thus, the sheet of paper that was given to you before church. <laughs> and it's not the only good music, but you'll get an understanding after you listen to some of that and go, okay, all right. Yeah, it's a little different than, you know, first, I want to find you. Oh, I want to find you. You're going you're gonna to see it's different. 
Look at Hosea chapter 4, and look, if you would, at verse number 6. Now, let me, let me say this. I, I pray every time I ever teach on this subject, a lot, probably more than I do with a lot of other subjects, and here's why. It is a very sensitive issue for people. I've learned this. I've learned that when it comes to people's money, their kids, and what they're entertained by, boy, those are the gods right there. When you start kicking around, listen, I love your kid, just like you love your kid, but if your kid's a brat, you need to discipline them. Amen, <laughs> amen, amen. No, no, that's, that's, you go, that's the unfiltered, not nice, not, yeah, I know, but I'm just trying to abbreviate this and point out, listen, when it comes to these things, there's a right and there's a wrong. Uh, Hosea chapter 4, look if you would at verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of what? That, you know what the issue is? When you can't say, when you say, I don't know, when you know what the Bible says clearly, and this is the direction of the modern church today. Brother, go ahead and finish that if you would. I have too many people that I love that they are homosexual. Um, I don't know. I actually had a conversation with someone last night about it, and I was like, I can't say one way or the other. She then went on to suggest that people should read the Bible to find out for yourself. And when you find out, let me know, because I'm learning too. Some of her fans... So, so you're telling me you're raised in church and you don't know. You know. Just like when you're in a situation that you feel at work, maybe a work party is about to go in the wrong direction, and you go, I should leave now. You know. It's that wonderful time of year where there's holiday parties and all that jazz. You get to a certain point in the, in the party where it's like, all right, see ya, I'm out of here, because I don't want to be around for the rest of this. All right, well, why is that? What is inside of you telling you that? It's the Holy Spirit of God. Now, let me say this. If you're not in, the Bible, in a Bible-leading church and you're not getting the Word of God on a regular basis and you're not in a Bible, you can be saved. And at that party till the cows come home, baby, and you could be the one leading the conga line. <laughs> And still be just as saved as everybody else in this church. You know what the difference is? One case is someone that submitted the Spirit of God. In the other case, you're submitting to the flesh. Well, how does someone that's a professing Christian come to the place where they go, I don't really know? It's not that they don't know. It's that they don't want to profess what the Bible says about it. You read Romans chapter 1, that subject, very clear. Very clear. All right? And, and, and what I'm trying to get at is this. When you start watering down the gospel and watering down the music and watering, before you know it, you're kind of like in no man's land. That's not the direction God wants for your life. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Brother, if you go to the next slide, 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Well, I like Christian grunge. Okay. Well, I, I like, it'd be like someone saying, I like Christian adultery. I like grape nuts. Are they grapes or are they nuts? Neither. <laughs> I mean, if, if it's adultery, it's not Christian. And if it's Christian, it's not adultery. You understand? Just because you put Christian on the front of it doesn't make it a good thing. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Now, within, within sound music, let's say, let me just give you this. There's a whole bunch of genres of sound music. It's not all like, you know, Toothless Joe barefoot on a banjo. Some of you would shoot yourself if you had to listen to that. All right? And some of you find that, oh, that's a blessing. I, I, and you know what? Praise the Lord. I, sorry, I probably offended some of you for that. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, within sound music, there's a, a variety of, of, of music that's acceptable, but you better make real sure that it's not just your flesh liking it. Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Corinthians chapter, now, if you took this particular study tonight and isolated it from everything else, it may not make as much sense. But if you look at everything we've looked at so far, tonight makes sense. All right, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Look, if you would, at verse number, uh, oh, let's see here. That's not the one I'm looking for. That's a good one, though. Uh, look at verse number 14. Uh, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You know what Satan can do? He can look the part. He can talk the part. You say, well, how do you know that? Go back to the beginning of the chapter. You know what it starts talking about? Eve in the garden. You know, 
Eve is the woman, and the husband comes in to try to rescue her. Jesus Christ is called the last Adam. Who does Jesus rescue? The church. You know what the church can be sometimes? A little, I don't know, easily persuaded in the wrong direction. You ever watched a woman that just, it just seems like, man, she just keeps getting suckered by the wrong dude. You ever watch that, a teenage girl, and it's like, what are you doing, right? What's wrong with you? And I'll tell you what it is. When you hear what you want to hear, you can find yourself going in the wrong direction. And, and the church at large, I'm not saying every church, I'm not saying we're the only church, but the church at large today has basically said, I like it, it makes me feel good, therefore I'm going to do it. And the devil can sometimes be in the details. When you get in the details, what you know you find out? That look, just because it's called Christian doesn't mean that it's right. Uh, look at verse number four in this same chapter. For if he that cometh preacheth another what? You know, you can present a different kind of Jesus. There's the hipster Jesus right there. He's got a scarf and the glasses, you know. And, and uh, look, I, I'm not trying to be funny, but you know what people generally do? They try to make Jesus like them. By the way, Jesus was not a red-haired, you know, blue-eyed Catholic Irishman either, okay? <laughs> he was a Jew. Uh, so he probably didn't look like a lot of pictures. But what I'm getting at is this. People try to make Jesus like them. Instead of saying, I need to be more like him. And I think if, if we could examine this the right way, what you'd see, go to the next slide, brother, is that the modern Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, Jesus in the Bible says to people, ye are of your father the devil. I wouldn't say that. I'm not saying that like I'm better than Jesus. I'm just saying I'd be scared to say that. He had no qualms at all. He, he tells a man in John chapter 3, you must be born again. I don't care how good you are, you must be born again. It's not the modern Jesus. Uh, in, in John 8, 47, he says, you cannot hear the words of God because you're not of God. You are not of God. Whoa, what about a pointed message? Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. All right, now, I'm not trying to be funny when I say this, but think about the music you heard tonight. The sampling that Brother James gave us, all right? Took it straight from his playlist off his phone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. When you think about that, I want you to imagine how the Bible describes Jesus Christ coming back at the second advent. Do those two things go together? It just, it doesn't fit, man. It's like you're trying to make Jesus someone that he's not. You know what, you know what the right music will do? Place him as a king. He's majestic. It's, it's, it's clean, it's majestic, it's not, you know, touchy-feely, me and Jesus, you know, that's just weird, man. Uh, look at Second Thessalonians chapter 1. Is this making sense to you guys? Look at Second Thessalonians chapter 1, look if you would at verse number 8. The modern Jesus would not come back in flaming fire taking vengeance on anybody. The modern Jesus would come back like on a rainbow floating flower petals at everybody, <laughs> telling them how much he loves them. Now, now listen, does God love Yet God loved you so much he died for you. We're not taking away from the love of God. But, but the love of God at the cost of the holiness of God distorts the message. If all I do, listen, on a battery, you've got, now, you, guys, you guys do car stuff, any car stuff? You know how to change a battery? You know to, okay, that's good. You know how to change a tire? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I don't know, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? All right. So on a battery, you've got a negative and a positive. Do you realize if only one of those is, is terminated, you, you can't get the car to start? If you've you got a cable on the positive, just think positive, just think positive, just love, 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 love. The car doesn't turn on. Steon, am I talking truth or am I not, brother? <laughs> All right? So I know I'm not a mechanic like some people here, and, but, but I know that much. You can't just have positive and expect the thing to turn on. When you get to the gospel, do you realize what you have? You have both. You have negative and positive. Christ dying is negative. Your sin is ugly and, and disgusting and vile and negative. And when you look at all the sin of mankind put on one man, talk about an awful scene. Nothing beautiful about that at all. He was buried. But he rose again. <laughs> you got to have both. You can't just have the... The, the, the idea of just making a fluffy, like, petal, flower petal throwing Jesus coming down off of rainbows like Care Bears, that's not biblical. And if you have music that presents 
kind of like a God that's kind of desperately needing you to like him, then you get a generation that looks at God that way. Do you know what's shaping some of that? Listen, I I can tell you this. (laughs) Music shapes American culture. If I start singing, born in the USA, born, now some of you guys are like, yeah. Like, there's music, like, they're just automatically like, yeah, America, America, right, yeah, guns, freedom, blah, rah. All right, well, well, that's culture, right? That, that's part of culture, all right? And, and that's shaped by the entertainment, right? Now, now look, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd much rather have, like, I don't know, Rocky versus Harry Styles, all right? I, so for anyone who knows who that guy is, I, I'd rather have Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion, versus that guy, all right, but but still, you understand that you know, forty years ago, someone would go, "Oh, who's that guy?" <laughs> Just because it makes you patriotic doesn't mean it's good music either. <laughs> you you got to kind of just step back and go, "Okay, what is what is it that defines what is good?" I might like it. It doesn't mean that it's good, right? Because because after all, there are elements of the world in that. All right, but look at uh, Revelation chapter number 19. Revelation chapter 19. Can you imagine, you know, the Lord coming back to tonight's the night when we step across the line, you know? If we got to start somewhere, why not here? If we got to start somewhere, I say now. We got to start somewhere. I, I, I just, I'm sorry, I don't see it. And you can try all the convincing you want. I, I don't think the Lord jives with that. It changes who you think God is with the music itself. Look at Revelation chapter 19, and uh, look, if you would, at uh, old verse number 12. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. Now, who is that? That's the same one that had the nails pierced in his hands for the things that you did in your, with your hands. The things you touched, you should never have touched. He's the one that allowed them to drive that, th- that crown of thorns on his head for all the thoughts that you never should have dwelt on. There's no doubt this is the king of love. This is pure and holy love. But you cannot take away from the fact he's also a God of vengeance. How, how do you marry what is being presented in modern Christian culture? And our culture of the church has been transformed by the world and should be transformed by the spirit of God. And how do you marry what is being promoted as, as Jesus stuff today with that? You know what the answer is? You can't. And the reason you can't is because it is a different spirit that for the most part is promoting that stuff. And, and, and again, you say, Pastor, does that mean all modern music is bad? Nope, not at all. Doesn't mean that. But I'll tell you this much. You better be real careful. You better have some discernment. Uh, go back to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 and we'll close here. Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, and look, if you would, at verse number 10, and let's read it together, shall we? Ephesians 5, verse 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, not the pastor, not the church, not you, not how you feel. Not what you emotionally feel like you need in the moment. Have you ever ever been in a place in your life where you felt like, I just really need encouragement, and then God gave you the opposite of that, but it actually helped you more than you thought it would? All right? Like, sometimes you need a kick in the pants when you think you need encouragement, and sometimes you think you need a kick in the pants and you really need encouragement, and God just ministers to you and gives you exactly what you need. Aren't you thankful for that? So you know what that means? You've got to let him be in the driver's seat. Not you, not your emotions not the people around you, but Lord, is this acceptable unto you? And this is something you need to apply with your relationships, with your entertainment, with things that you're thinking about when you're driving down the road by yourself, with every aspect of your life. Lord, I'm going to put it there. I'm going to match it against the word of God. And Lord, I want you to show me if it's right or wrong. And I can tell you this much. If you leave tonight and you take the aspects of your life and you match them against God's word and go, Lord, I sincerely want to know if this is right or wrong. God's going to show you. Then it'll be on you to decide to act on what he's shown you. And I'll I'll close with this idea. God's a God of replacement. If you smoked your whole life and you're used to having something right here, 
and you just have something in your mouth you might need to do, grab a stick of gum. Grab a pack of gum and chew everywhere you go. I knew a guy that was just, I mean, he really struggled with alcohol. You know what he did? And I say a southern guy. I'm not saying that sweet tea is the best thing for your body, but you know what the guy did? Walked around with a big old jug of sweet tea. You, you, you said, now you go, that's terrible for it. Yeah, but it's better than alcohol. Right. Do, do you understand what I'm getting at? God's a God of replacement. And, and listen, if the, I'm not saying music is all bad and that you shouldn't listen to music. If you, if you listen to no music at all, you're missing out on what God created. God desires for us to be connected to it, but it needs to be the right kind. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in order of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the night. Lord, thank you for the word of God. And God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to take the things that we're learning in this study and, and uh, not take them lightly, Lord, to at least step back and, and think through them, examine them according to your word. And uh, Lord, really, not just music, but just the things that we want or the things that we bring into our lives, the, the, the people the environment that we expose ourselves to, the spirits that we are around. Lord, would you help us to be mindful and, and not to be like the city that is broken down without walls, but rather, Lord, to, to be built up, to be strengthened, to be fortified. And Lord, to have gatekeepers around the wall of our, of our city, spiritually speaking, our, our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and uh, be mindful of what we take in. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. And God, more than anything else, if I can encourage your people to do anything else, Lord, I pray you'd help them to take more of this book into their lives. Lord, and take more time with you. More time listening to your spirit versus the spirit out there. We love you. Lord, I pray you keep everyone safe as they go home. Be with those that are sick. And Lord, we look forward to Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here tonight. Amen. Hey buddy, how are you? Good, good.